0: Hello, this is Colin Reed with Project Spurs, and after the discussion last week about the San Antonio Spurs cap situation, I wanted to dive deeper into a couple of players that the Spurs have been linked to. The three players that I'm going to discuss today are Lowry Markkanen, and just I kind of also tried to dig into where these links to the Spurs came from. The link to Lowry Markkanen seemed to be based on speculation from Zach Lowe in his trade piece, talking about the Bulls and what they were going to do with the trade deadline. He kind of was just looking for a young team with cap space to kind of present as a team that could challenge Chicago in terms of trying to sign Larry Markkinen, who's a restricted free agent this summer, away from Chicago. And the Spurs kind of came up as an obvious choice as a young team that will have a ton of cap space. And these, all of these players are restricted free agents, by the way. The next player was John Collins, and I tried to look at where that speculation came from officially. I couldn't find it. It, it seems like around the trade deadline, when it sounded like the Hawks were going to trade John Collins, that one of the suggested trades that, that a lot of people came up with for the Hawks just happened to be to the Spurs, because that made sense. Maybe the Hawks could get a young perimeter player or kind of more of a wingish type guy and the Spurs could get a offensively minded four to play next to Jakob Pertl and would just have some of the offensive skill sets they don't currently have on their roster. So the last player that actually had like a real rumored link to the Spurs, not just tra- speculation, not just oh this would make sense of the trade, but the last player is Jared Allen. Yahoo Sports Chris Haynes listed the Spurs as one of the teams that might have interest in Jared Allen this offseason. And just as a quick little rant as I was going through and looking at where these players were connected to the Spurs, how how they were connected to the Spurs the rumors I found situations where people might have said, according to this outlet, the Spurs are linked to this player. But those articles did not link the original article or say who broke the news, which made it kind of difficult and also just seems a little rude. So please, when you're reporting rumors that have been broken by someone else, please link the original article and include the person who broke the rumor, because that seems like the courteous thing to do. Thank you. Those three players. John Collins to me seems to to make the most sense just in terms of his skill set and the fact that he is a four. He has over the course of his career played some center and I think for the Hawks this season he's even played backup center which could work well for the Spurs. He could start next to Jakub Pertl and then maybe come out early the Spurs could put a smaller power forward in, kind of small ball it a little bit, and then John Collins could come back in as the center with the backup lineups. According to basketball reference, here are the percentages that John Collins has played at the different positions throughout his career. For his whole career, he has averaged 70% at power forward and 29% at center, and for this season, he's averaged 84% at power forward and 16% at center. Now, the problem is that John Collins wanted a bigger contract from the Hawks, and they were willing to offer him an extension. But the Hawks have really wanted to make the playoffs. They've been desperate to make the playoffs. And they are actually in a great position for the playoffs now. They might just miss the play-in altogether. And for this group that has wanted to make the playoffs for a while, that has this young up-and-coming group, a lot of talent on their team, but a lot of it's young and developing. Making the playoffs might be a good enough reason to sell ownership on re-signing those players, even at higher contracts than they were maybe originally comfortable with. So even though they were not comfortable signing John Collins to the max they could give him last summer, they might, the Hawks ownership and general manager basketball operations team, might feel comfortable offering him that after a appearance in the playoffs by the team so I think that that could get pretty pricey for the Spurs to sign him away from the Hawks because remember as a restricted free agent whatever the Spurs offer these players even if they sign an offer sheet from the Spurs the original team has the chance to match it the second player I want to look at who actually is personally my favorite of the three is Jared Allen Now, he was the only one that was officially linked to the Spurs, but also he's the one that probably makes the least sense on the team. So here are his, from basketball reference, here are his percentage splits of the positions he's played throughout his career. He has averaged throughout throughout his career 2% at power forward and 98% as a center. So what that would mean would be if the Spurs were able to sign him away from Cleveland, which would probably be very expensive. Obviously, Cleveland values him. And probably looks at him as part of their core, so the Spurs would probably have to pay close to the max they could just to sign them away from sign him away from Cleveland. And what would they be paying that 28 million or so for to sign him away from Cleveland when they have Jakob Purtle on the roster at 10 million? These are both players that can really only play center, and one of them is going to be the backup. Purtle is is so good at this point that do you want him playing the backup? Do you want a starter caliber center that you're paying $10 million a year as your backup and Jared Allen as the starter? Is Jakob Pertl maybe even better than Jared Allen at this point? So then are you playing a player off the bench that you're paying $28 million? Just because of the positional stuff and just because him and Jakob Pertl are so similar positionally and even kind of maybe are striving to have similar skill sets. That doesn't really seem to make sense from a roster building point of view, unless they decide to move on from Jakob Pertl for some reason, which they would have to trade to do. And, and that makes no sense to me as to why the Spurs would want to move on from Jakob Pertl. The last player to discuss here is Larry Markkanen, and he was linked to the Spurs by the speculation of Zach Logis trying to find a young team with cap space that could challenge the Bulls this offseason. Well, based on the trades that the Bulls made, where they brought in a couple of big men, such as Daniel Tice and Nikola Vucevic, it looks like they would probably not fight that hard if another team came in and made an offer that was at any sort of value for Larry Markkanen. He does play power forward over his career. He's averaged 72% at power forward and 27% at center per basketball reference. So the Spurs could play him next to Jakob Pertl. But does he really make sense for this team? Does his, his skill sets really make sense for this team? The Spurs can get him. How much would they have to pay to sign him? Are they really interested or was that just kind of a speculative um, you know, this team matches the archetype of a team that might go after him. Of all of the three guys that the Spurs have been linked to, I think that Larry Markkinen is the most likely to actually happen. And as free agency gets closer, we can dig more into who he is as a player and how he would fit the Spurs. But as I was looking through this, there was another restricted free agent that I think has not been linked to the Spurs, but I think is better than all three of those in terms of a fit for the Spurs and that is Duncan Robinson. The Spurs made a huge mistake in not drafting him the first time because his name is literally two of the franchise's best players. I don't understand why they let Duncan Robinson pass in the draft. They should have just drafted him because his name is Duncan Robinson. And you know what? He turned out to be an awesome shooter, so that would have been great to have on this team right now. Speaking of which, again, from basketball reference, his average uh, positions played throughout his career is 58% at shooting guard, 29% at small forward, and 12% at power forward. He, per 36 minutes throughout his career, has attempted... 9.8 threes and has made 4.1 threes per 36 minutes for a percentage of 42.1%. And the Spurs desperately need that kind of shooting on their team, both in terms of accuracy and in terms of volume. That's basically his biggest skill, you know, whether or not what he can do on defense, his ability to get to the foul line, his ability to grab rebounds, assists. Really, you know, even if he has other skills that he can use, his his biggest skill, his, the, the one reason why a team would go out of their way to pay a lot of money for Duncan Robinson would be his shooting. But on the Spurs in particular, that shooting, that off-ball ability would be so valuable. The Spurs do have shooting on their roster, but they don't have nearly as much as you would like and so many of their young guys are on-ball creators so having more off-ball players who can shoot very well would be a huge benefit to them now for the spurs to get duncan robinson they would have to overpay overpay one of the benefits of the spurs having as much cap space as they do means that they have the opportunity to take these huge like swings at some players and even though someone might think, "Whoa, 25 million, 26, whatever, 27 million for Duncan Robinson," that seems like a huge overpay. The thing is, it's not an overpay if that's what the Spurs need to get him in, and that he's a player that fits really well in their system. Speaking of rumors, Barry Johnson of the Miami Herald reported that league executives expect that Duncan Robinson will get about 15 to $20 million this offseason and that the Heat are interested in keeping him. So if the Spurs wanted to make a run at him, they would have to go higher than that number. Those are kind of some of the refer- restricted free agents. And a lot of those restricted free agents were big men. Some of them played center sometimes, you know, like Jared Allen played center most of the time. And so I kind of just wanted to look at what the Spurs have at center now. While Laurie Markkinen and John Collins can play the four, I do think it is important to realize that the Spurs have their center of the future on the team right now, and he will be on the team for the foreseeable future. Jakob Pertl, out of the young core, might be one of the easiest players to just pick up and put on a championship team and have his role be exactly the same and have him produce at a high level. Of course, all of the young guys are uh, skilled and very high level rotation players and any high level team would be happy to have their skills but in terms of just like taking the way that they play right now their current role just drag and drop Jakub Pertl from the Spurs onto most every championship team. He would be amazing on all of those teams you think about. He'd be great on the Lakers. He'd be great on the Clippers. He'd be great probably on the Bucks. I know that they have shooting at their center position, so maybe not as much them. He would be a huge replacement at backup center for the 76ers. You know, he'd be awesome on the Nets. You know, you just look at who he is and what he does and he fits on so many of these high-level teams without a whole lot of change in his game. He needs the ball so little. He's an amazing screen setter. He's an amazing pick-and-roll roll man. He has a lot of roll gravity. He rolls hard. His, his rim defense is, is elite. So just kind of looking at some of the things that happen when he is on the floor for the Spurs. Of all lineups that have played at least 100 possessions in the NBA, the lineups for the Spurs that feature Jakob Pertl rank in the 96th percentile in opponent's field goal percentage at the rim. 96th percentile. He is elite at protecting the rim. Also, just because of the way that he plays, um, and I know he doesn't have the ball in his hands very much, lineups that feature Jakub Pertl are in the 92th percentile of all lineups in terms of turnovers committed. They don't, The Spurs don't commit turnovers with Jakub Pertl on the court. They're also a very low turnover team in general, but especially with Jakub Pertl on the court, Part of that is because some of the, the guards he plays with are also very low turnover players. But as a big man, and I know that if you go back in Spurs history, there are some players, especially in the 2014-15 era, who hands weren't exactly great. And when you pass to some of these big men, um, sometimes they would just drop the ball. Uh, not figuratively, but I guess also figuratively and literally. And that is not a problem with Jakob Pertl. No turnovers as the role man in terms of a high volume of turnovers. The Spurs are good on offense with him on the court. They are a plus 3.9 net rating just overall. They have an offensive rating that ranks in the 59th percentile of all lineups that have played at least 100 minutes and a defensive rating of one that ranks in the 80th percentile of all lineups that have played 100 uh, possessions. So Jakob Pertl is a high-level center. He is not a high-level offensive center. He is not like Joel Embiid or Jokic. Um, he's not one of these players that really drives the offense from the center position. But when it comes to defense from the center position, you know maybe he's not quite the, the switchiest center out there, but he's also not terrible at that. And when you look at basically any other thing that you could ask a center to do on defense that's not switching... Jakob Purtle is very, very good at it. So instead of looking at another big man, maybe a power forward type of player, yes, but really the Spurs need to increase their wing depth and they need to increase their shooting, which is easier said than done, but when the team has 50 million in cap space, they can overpay to bring some of those skills on the roster. Like I said, as we get closer, we'll do a deep dive into some of these players more deeply, especially Laurie Markinen, because I do think that he is the one of the three players that the Spurs have been linked to that is actually likely if the Spurs were to to try to sign him that they could actually uh, sign him and then Chicago not match. I think he is the likeliest of the three for the Spurs to actually sign. Whether or not it's likely or whether or not it will happen, who's to say, but of the players that there's kind of some buzz around for the Spurs this offseason, I think Laurie Markkinen is the most likely. And so we'll do a deeper dive on him sometime this offseason season. But for now, this has been Colin Reed with Project Spurs. I hope you have a wonderful day.